Today's reading is from Exodus chapters 12 and 13. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall mark for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month they are to take a lamb for each family, a lamb for each household. If a household is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join its closest neighbor to obtain one. The lamb shall be divided in proportion to the number of people who eat of it. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a one-year-old male. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of this month. Then the whole assembled congregation of Israel shall slaughter it at twilight. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lentil of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the lamb that same night. They shall eat it roasted over the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted over the fire with its heads, legs, and inner organs. You shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until morning, you shall burn. This is how you shall eat it, your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it hurriedly. It is the Passover of the Lord, for I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both human beings and animals. On all of the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague shall destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, Consecrate me all the firstborn. Whatever is the first to open the womb among the Israelites of human beings and animals is mine. Moses said to the people, Remember this day on which you came out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, because the Lord brought you out of there by strength of hand. No levied bread shall be eaten. Today, in the month of Abib, you are going out. When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, which he swore to your ancestors to give you, a land flowing with milk and honey, you shall keep this observance in the month. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day there shall be a festival to the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten for seven days. No levied bread shall be seen in your possession and no leaven shall be seen among you in all your territory. You shall tell your child on that day, it is because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. The word of life. Thanks be to God. I bring greetings from the people of Trinity. Um, They're happy happy to know that I'm here, and someone from here is serving supper at our Wednesday night supper, so I'm kind of sad to miss that because it's one of the best meals of the month, but um, it's good to be here. Thanks for inviting me. We have an amazing partnership, and um, it's just good to be together to worship together. Well, this story of the Passover can be intriguing and it can be sort of frightening. It might have something to do with that movie, The Ten Commandments, that some of you have seen um, by Cecil B. DeMille. 
I can still picture that eerie darkness at the beginning and there's that ominous music and then there's that kind of a creepy mist that kind of floats through the streets. But the story in today's reading is an important one for the Jews and for us. First, a little background. The book of Exodus begins with Jacob's family, all 70 of them, living as in Egypt as immigrants. When they first got there, things were not so bad until a new pharaoh came on the scene that did not know them. This new pharaoh did not care for the growing number of foreigners from Israel in Egypt. He actually was afraid of them, especially as their numbers grew. After many years of slavery, God called Moses to lead God's people out of their captivity and slavery in Egypt. In order to try to convince Pharaoh to let the people go, God sent 10 plagues upon Pharaoh and the people of Egypt. But Pharaoh was very stubborn and he did not let the Israelites free. The first nine plagues were bad enough. Water turned to blood, gnats, frogs, flies, sick cattle, boils, locusts, thunder and hail. If you've ever been in the boundary waters or camping when any of those things are happening, you can imagine what some of those plagues might have been like for the people back then. But it was that 10th plague that convinced Pharaoh to let the people go. And that 10th plague, the Lord of the Lord would fly over the land and kill all of the firstborn children. God prepared the Israelites by instructing them to kill an unblemished lamb and smear the blood of the lamb on their doorpost. By doing that, the Israelites would be spared the death that the plague would bring. And then in order for them to escape, right after that last plague, they needed to be prepared to eat in a hurry and to leave quickly. So the instructions for that meal are pretty detailed right in today's reading. After this night, the Passover meal is to be celebrated every year to remember the deliverance of Israel from their slavery. Maybe it's a bit risky to talk about eating in haste these days. Our lives are so busy that many of us eat in a hurry far more than we'd like to. But this story is about a lot more than gulping down a quick meal. It is about God's saving work in Egypt and in the world and even here. It's about God's saving work because in so many ways we are in captivity right here in Minnesota just as much as the Israelites were. It might not look like it. No one here fits our images of slaves wearing rags and dirty and skinny from starvation and hard labor. But we are all enslaved in all kinds of ways. We're enslaved by our stuff, the things that we have, and not just in the money spent on accumulating all that, but in the ways we find comfort and fulfillment in our stuff. All last week, 
I had waited for a delivery through UPS. It's a suitcase. It's Rick Steve's favorite. Rick Steve's favorite. Do I really need a suitcase that's new? No. And yet, I hate to admit how often I looked at the UPS website to see exactly where it was in transit. How many of us have overflowing closets and garages of things we don't need, and we can become slaves to our stuff? We can be enslaved by attitudes and beliefs that are no longer helpful, no longer helpful to us or to our neighbors or to our communities. I grew up in a branch of the Lutheran Church that was sure they were the only ones who would be saved. We were even suspicious of our other Lutheran brothers and sisters. God and God's grace had become so small that I was never sure if I had it right enough to be one of the few. As I walk the streets of Cedar Riverside, and as I hear and read the news, as I get to hear the stories of people in the neighborhood, I hear more and more about the fear and distrust that are increasing in our world and in our nation. Did you know that anti-Muslim sentiment and rhetoric are the highest now than since 9-11-2001? But it's not just those who are afraid, who are enslaved and endangered by that, it's us as well. We are enslaved by old ways of thinking and relating to those who are different from us. We're too often imprisoned by our old and outdated fears. Time is one of God's gifts, but so often we're filled with it, filled with our time. We fill it to fill a hole a longing that we all feel, an emptiness that ultimately cannot be filled by stuff or busyness. And we end up sometimes imprisoned by time. I saw on Facebook, why, if time is infinite, is there so little of it? Our calendars are filled, and there's little time to relax, to refuel, to be renewed, little time to sit and eat. And then God does the Passover. Deliverance for the Israelites and for us. The Israelites were no longer slaves to Pharaoh. God had freed them and spared their firstborn. We too have been delivered. In Exodus, the celebration of Passover marked the beginning of months for the community, much like January 1st does. For the Israelites, though, the Passover and the celebrations of it ever since that first one kind of reoriented the whole community to the understanding of time. And from that time on, they would celebrate being freed from slavery with the Passover meal every year. God was wise to tell the Israelites to celebrate the Passover every year because it wasn't long before they began complaining about 
their new freedom. Some even wanted to go back to their life in Egypt as slaves. They needed the Passover meal to remember their deliverance from slavery. The Passover meal also has great meaning for Christians. Three of the four Gospels tell us that the last meal that Jesus ate with his disciples on the night before he was betrayed was the Jewish Passover meal. For us, Holy Communion is a meal of grace and freedom and deliverance. We, too, easily forget the grace and life that God has already given us. It's much easier to live in the burdens of this world. It's too easy to live it limit God's grace for others and even for ourselves. But we have Holy Communion. Martin Luther was wise too. He knew that grace is too easy to limit, too easy to forget. And with Holy Communion, we are fed and reminded of God's grace for us. Holy Communion is a meal given for you and for all people. It is God's grace in action. We're reminded that Jesus has given himself for the world, that he died on the cross and rose to new life. And in baptism, we rise to new life with him every single day. Through our baptisms and the water that we are touched with, we are delivered from our sin forever. So our task is to go out from here, fed by the word and by water, and then to share that new life with others. Those around us every day at school, at work, at home, at play. And we together even do some of that, Mount Olivet and Trinity. Your support for Trinity has helped hundreds of kids get the homework help they need. Kids I know are now in college. Some are teaching in school or preparing for other careers. Some are even coming back to tutor. Together, we are sponsoring a refugee family from Somalia, and they're settling in quite well. We have worshiped together and eaten together, not just sloppy joes and brownies, but we have shared Holy Communion together as we've worshiped together each summer for close to 10 years. We can't thank you enough for your support. And the kids at Homework Help sure can't either. But new life abounds. It abounds here in you, in me, in each of you here in Plymouth, in Cedar Riverside. No that you have been delivered from whatever it is that might imprison you. And rise each day to be freed again and again, to live that life that God has promised here and now and forever. And then go out and share the good news that is ours. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.